You know, CJ, sometimes I look at myself and think, who's that old fart? Yeah, you know, sometimes I think that when I look at you too. But I feel the same as I did in my 40s. What happened? Yeah, and your memory's going as well. Why don't we feel our age? Actually, you know, I reckon there's a podcast in that. We could ask why society considers people who are over 50 years old. That's a great idea. No, I was just kidding. But, but think about it. Every episode, we can research a different topic related to ageing. That sounds like quite a lot of effort. And the other joys of ageing, like mailing a stool sample, working with millennials, and even mystery muscle pain. Actually, yeah. What does my shoulder hurt? Hey, we could talk about those unhelpful stereotypes like over 50s are forgetful and bad with technology. What's this button do again? Oh, yeah. Welcome to What's My Age Again? This is me, Scott. And this is me, CJ. And welcome to What's My Age Again Again? So, CJ, uh, what are we up for this episode? Um, uh, oh, what was it? I think it's about memory. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it was something to do with memory. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, hang on, let me have some more beer. <laughs> oh, that's better. Yes, we're doing an episode today on memory. Okay. And uh, do we have a question we're trying to answer, CJ? I'm sure we do. <laughs> Did we not decide on what that was? Shh. Maybe we'll, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> but it's about memory. So, um, CJ, uh, last episode uh, you began the, uh, the tradition of uh, discussing what we're drinking during the podcast. So what are you drinking during this podcast? Well, I'm drinking a, uh, one of my favourite beers, actually. This is a uh, Dayton, uh, which is a brewery in Caram Downs in Victoria, called Red Eye Rye. It's a red IPA made with rye. It's, uh, I'm a big rye fan. It says, how do you make a champion red ale better? Put it in a bigger can. I can't argue with that. More room for delicious hops, succulent malts, and that magical red eye rye goodness. Genius, really. No preservatives. Keep me cold. Well, it's got to be better than brown eye rye. <laughs> Sounds like something you get a topical cream for. (laughs) Well, after being incredibly embarrassed last time, having to admit that I was drinking an Aldi beer, I thought I'd make a bit of an effort this week. I was worried worried where that segue was going, I have to say. (laughs) Well, I I felt like it was just you had threatened to leave the podcast as a result of (laughs) the embarrassment of, of me drinking such a shithouse beer. And you had the temerity to call me... Overly dramatic. <laughs> well, this week I'm drinking. Now, this is by Melbourne standards. This is not a trendy beer, but and it is on tap in Sydney even. But Young Henry's Newtowner, which is an Australian pale ale, uh-huh. and uh, I can tell you, it's nice. <laughs> Welcome to the What's My Age Again Beer Review Podcast. <laughs> it's nice. More by one person who knows what they're talking about and one person who doesn't. I just know what I like. Well, they, they, that's the thing is that it doesn't really matter what, well, with the possible exception of Aldi and Hop Nation, it doesn't really matter as long as that's what you like. Yeah, well, in this case, this is actually quite a nice beer, whereas the Aldi one, I think even on the on the night we recorded, uh, I did mention it tasted like fizzy water, and it pretty much did, whereas this actually tastes like a beer. You can taste the hops. It's nice. Yeah. And we ended up getting complaints from fizzy water companies. <laughs> How dare you compare our product to, to Aldi beer? <laughs> Yeah, so um, have you uh, worked out what you're going to regale us with during... Uh... You're, not, you're healthy. not healthy. I have. 
It's something to do with memory thing. I don't know. I can't really remember. Something's memory related. Uh, 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 some 12 habits to something with your memory in when you're 50. Memory, memory hacks, but only if you can remember what the hacks were. Yeah, something like that. Fair enough. Oh, no, hang on. Here it is. 12 habits to keep your memory sharp in your 50s. It's from a health and wellness website written by a certified nutritionist, doctor and author, and she's got a PhD. It must be good then. Certainly got a lot of credibility behind it. Not now. (laughs) So ironically, when we were brainstorming topics for the podcast, very early on, probably before we even recorded our first episode, there was one topic that we thought was a really good topic, but we couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> and it literally was memory. I mean, I didn't make that up. That is the absolute truth. Okay, so the, the topic really is, is memory what it used to be? No. <laughs> what is memory? Yeah, this is a rhetorical question you don't have to answer. Okay, memory is the act of encoding, storing, and retrieving information. Okay, that's basically the kind of computer memory but it also is our our human memory. And it includes three important categories. Uh, Sensory memory, which is obviously anything your senses collect, like um, touch, smell, hearing, taste, all that kind of stuff. Short-term memory, which is things you need for a short time, but then you can can jettison because you don't need to carry that around with you all the time. And then long-term memories, which is where, in theory, you keep things for forever but i know with me long-term memory is a bit of a dodgy prospect (laughs) yeah so each of the these kind of memories have different benefits and if you if you lose some kinds of memory some of them are bigger problems than others if you've ever watched memento that's where a guy who's i don't remember (laughs) do you actually actually really not remember were you saying that as a joke no i actually don't remember (laughs) (laughs) okay well memento it's a uh, it's a movie where this guy has lost his long-term, or lost the ability to create new memories. And he only has memories right. for about 12 hours before he totally forgets his memories. So what he does, he, um, he takes Polaroid pictures and tattoos his body with, with different clues about what's happening. And he's, then he, when, whenever he sort of reawakens in this new state where he's forgotten his previous memories, he, he's actually putting it all together by looking at Polaroid photographs and reading his body and, and seeing what it's saying. <laughs> Can nobody buy him a pen? <laughs> well, it would wipe off eventually. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Guy Pearce and it's a... Um... It's mental by the sense. Like, I, I, I'm not a movie expert. I've identified a couple of tiny plot holes in that already. Well, the other thing about it is it's told in reverse. So it's, it's, it's told in reverse chronological order. It's, it's, really, it's quite confusing, but it's a... Uh, it's a movie by the who's, who's the guy who did Dark Knight Returns and Baz Luhrmann. I don't, um, <laughs> I don't think it was um, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yes, correct. Okay, so it's one of early, it's early early Christopher Nolan movie, and basically it's it's told in it's told in reverse chronological order, so it's very disorienting. It takes a while to work out. He doesn't just say we are telling this movie in reverse chronological order. He tells it, and it's it's a, it's a good movie, but it takes some watching. That's what I'm looking for in a movie. <laughs> so, One that I'm going. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Why has he got so many tattoos? Why has he not got as many tattoos now as he had before? Is he getting laser tattoo removal? Is this what it's about? You know, laser tattoo removal. 
Uh, anyway, this guy this guy can't form long term memories. So, if, and that, that's, that's that's something that uh, he's not the only person in the recorded history who can't form long long term memories. That actually is a it's a identifiable problem that some people have. So that would be bad. It's also like the fifty first dates thing. I was going to say it's a, yes, Drew Barrymore suffered from uh, from that as well. Adam Sandler went the easier way than tattooing her. And taking away, well, maybe he did take Polaroid photos. <laughs> maybe, maybe Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> he kept it for his own personal benefit. Though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did remember reading about that at the time, and um, it was kind of based on a, some case studies and real life examples. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The, one of the things I did find fascinating when I was reading about that was that you would think that because someone has no long-term memory as they age, like after 20 years had passed, they'd look in the mirror and go, "Ah, yeah, what the fuck happened here? Which I do all the time, but but they don't. Like there's no... There's no concept of I. Why do I look so much older than I think I am? Okay. Yeah. Because that would be the first thing you'd think. Yeah. But like before you look in the mirror, watch this video. (laughs) (laughs) So that's long. That's long-term memory, anyway. Short-term memory. That's obvious. It's like when you get one of those texts that you have to put in the code. You know, when you're logging into something and it says send you a text, and you've got to remember a six-digit number. And if it's on your phone, you've got to look at your phone and then. Flick back to the screen, you're going to type the digit editor. That's trying to keep something in your short-term memory. And that's quite challenging sometimes. You're doing anything to help the out crusade of, what do people consider 50 old? <laughs> well, I think everyone struggles with that. I've got to go from one screen to another and then there's all there's six numbers. I can't remember six numbers. It takes me 14 minutes and by the time I've gone by to type one in and then I have to go back and then get the other one and then I have to go back and get type that in. And by the time I've done it all, it's... The code's expired and I have to start again. Well, that's why, that's why you do chunking and find some way of chunking the, the numbers together. Instead of think, trying to remember six numbers, you remember two lots of three. Instead of saying it's, it's 131793, you go 131793. And you're remember, only remembering two numbers that way. Now, you're still remembering. There's pretty sure there's six numbers in there still. Yeah, but there's only remembering 179, not 179. Well, I don't think we need to remember 179 numbers. That's ridiculous. That's a multi-factor authentication code that nobody's going to be using. <laughs> but it'd be very secure. It would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, other, the last thing, the last kind of memory, the sensory memory, you can't control your sensory memory. In fact... Well, it's a bit judgmental. Oh, you mean generally, right, not just me. You can't control it. Okay. So <laughs> it's one of those things that... You can't handle the sensory memory. <laughs> but it's, it's things like, okay, for me personally, think, things like... Smelling bake, things baking in the oven reminds me of mum because she used to bake things when I was a kid. Or if I smell pipe smoke, it reminds me of dad because when I was a kid, he smoked a pipe. Even though he stopped in 1971, I still can't right. smell someone smoking a pipe without thinking of my dad. Smelling cut grass really reminds me of playing soccer when I was a kid because you'd, you'd play on the field and the grass had been cut. And some of those memories are really old, yet the, the, the feelings they evoke are quite strong. Do you have anything mm. like that? Um, whenever I, um, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> there is, but I can't remember. I can't remember any. <laughs> but, but if you, if you smelled that smell, you would remember. Absolute guarantee. Apparently, because your the smelly bits of your brain. Your olfactory system. Same to you. They apparently are quite close to the memory components. And so they link together really well, which is why smell is one of the greatest, the 
the strongest triggers for memory. And apparently if you want to remember something and you can associate it to a scent or a smell, then you smelling whatever that smell was again will aid in the recall of whatever it is that you're trying to, were trying to, was, were, was, were, are trying to remember. Those words you're trying to remember. (laughs) Exactly. Well, no, I know all the words. That's why I use them all. I remember all of them. There's not a sensory memory thing for me, uh, like music. It wasn't that long ago, probably within the last six months, the Beatles' Revolver album was remastered. That album, that, that takes me back, because my sister's owned that album when I was a, probably about four or five, and they used to play it all the time. So right. that, that takes me back. If I, as soon as I play any of that sort of stuff, it just takes me back to being a kid immediately. Right. And I remember thinking, sure, I remember what I thought. Because I, I say when you play, I play Eleanor Rigby. I remember as mm. a little kid, I used to feel really sorry for Eleanor Rigby because she was lonely. <laughs> no, that and the priest. I felt sorry for the priest who who did he, he wrote his sor- sermons that no one would hear. Oh, that poor man. Because I, I was a nice little boy. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. I think it sums up the difference between you and me. I assumed that Eleanor Rigby was some kind of serial killer <laughs> who used to rip people's faces off and keep them in jars. <laughs> uh, very Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the original title for the song. What? Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> but they couldn't get it to rhyme, so they had to move something else. I think it would work. Hannibal Lecter. Cuts off the face of the rector that no one will see. Isn't he me? Stares in your window, wearing a face that he kept in a jar by the door. <laughs> and moving on. Uh, the other thing about music is, uh, and memory is, like, I often hear songs that, when I was sort of 18, 17, 18, 19, I'd have gone, I hate that shit, like disco or like yeah. BGs or some stuff like that. Yeah. But if I hear it now, it's suddenly like a treasured memory. It's like instead of going, oh, I'll turn that shit off, I'll be like, oh, yeah, turn it up. Yeah, I remember that. It brings back great memories. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a strong sort of thing to make your memories come out. This is more about your taste in music, I think, than memory. but Possibly. I, have, I tend to find the stuff that I was actively avoiding when I was younger, I'm still actively avoiding okay. now. It's, although, interestingly, it will make me think, it will remind me and kind of bring back the memory of, I hate this shit, can you turn it off? Okay. The thing that I find really interesting about music especially is I heard uh, a Susie Quattro song the other day that I haven't heard... Like 40 years. Okay, yep, yep. A can the can or something. No, I listen to that all the time. <laughs> and um, and I can't remember what it was called. But I essentially just for probably 80% just sang along with it. Yeah, and then went, how is that helping? That should be our not, you're not helping. So my yeah. fucking memory. Yes, you're not helping. Where's my keys, memory? I don't uh-huh. know. But I know this song lyric from 40 years ago. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me sing along to Daytona Demon. <laughs> That'll take your mind off the fact that you don't know where your glasses are. Well, this, this brings us to the next thing is there are things that you really want to remember and can't necessarily, and there are things you really want to forget and can't. And how does that work? I'm not sure, Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the deal with that? <laughs> we were talking a few weeks ago, and I bought up a story of my 30th birthday party. I'm amazed you can remember back that far. Well, I it is amazing. 
But I can remember this very vividly because it was an embarrassing experience. Sorry, can I just can I ask, is that so your 30th birthday party, that means you've been longer alive since then than before then? Not, not yet. Well, not 60 yet. Luckily, this is an episode about memory, not maths. <laughs> Let's move on. But it's half a lifetime ago. Yeah. And... Oh, maybe that should be the name of the episode. Oh, half a lifetime ago. Anyway... The, the, the situation was I had a it – was, it was a themed birthday and it was a 70s theme. And this was back in the – Was it a birthday theme? It was a birthday theme. Birthday – 70s birthday. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a, a, the theme of the birthday, birthday wasn't birthday? No. It wasn't you're right. having a birthday. It was, it was a 70s theme and everyone had to come dressed as someone from the 70s. So I decided I, – I went and rented a, a white Elvis jumpsuit from the sort of – early 70s Fat Elvis era, and I, I sprayed my hair, which I had, had, had a lot of at the time, sprayed it with black temporary colouring. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, I ripped into the beers with a gusto, mm-hmm. and I don't think the amount of beer... No Aldi beer then. It was Tui's. Tui's new, I think it was. They were throwdowns, throw those little, those little mm-hmm. ones. Yes, uh, but I drank a lot of them. But actually, not so many. I, I remember nine. Now, nine throwdowns is not that much. It is if you're a lightweight. Well, yeah, but I don't think I was lightweight back then. Not, a, not. A, I would be now. Well, let's see how this story plays out. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't play out well, because otherwise it wouldn't be a mem- wouldn't be a bad memory. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think uh, I think you being a lightweight speaks for itself. Then, fuck you. Continue. <laughs> Anyway, um, I was I became extremely unwell, not not so not vomiting unwell, but like and that's that was the weird part is I actually kind of lost my motor skills. It was really weird. I don't normally when I get drunk normally I get tired and fall asleep, and then if if I go too far then I'll have to go and have a puke. But I don't normally get the wobbles. I did I had the real wobbly boot on. <laughs> what are you seventy? <laughs> um, my my ex wife decided that it would be a really good idea if she got me out of the picture, totally, because she had a house full of guests. So uh, she enlisted Kamal to get me out of the area that I was <laughs> occupying and, and doing a bad job of being sober and get me out of the Elvis clothing and maybe into, into bed where I could sleep it off a little bit. Now, one thing I haven't mentioned is that CJ was there, and CJ was dressed, I believe, as a some form of punk rocker from memory. Sure, why not? It sounds sounds reasonable. I've n- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For listeners, I have absolutely no recollection of this night. Not and not for the reasons that you're probably thinking. Yeah, well, this is fact. This factors into the story. I have a vague kind of a vague sense of something, but I couldn't give you any specifics around any of it. I couldn't tell you where it was. I couldn't tell you who else was there. I couldn't tell you. So I couldn't tell you whether I came on my own or whether I came with someone else. So anyway, because I had my hair sprayed black and my ex didn't want me to get black goo all over the pillowcase, she made sure that um, the Kamal organised for me to have a shower, which was humiliating at best. So I, yeah, I go to bed, happy birthday is sung in absentia. And then everyone probably leaves early. I don't know how what time people left, but I'm sure they left early thinking, what a loser that guy is. <laughs> oh, stop being so hard on yourself. We all thought that before we arrived. <laughs> Says the man with absolutely no recollection of well, the evening. this is the thing, is I have held that memory very tightly 
the, the embarrassment, the humiliation of that night, the fact that everyone who was there would remember how you know this guy who couldn't even make it to happy birthday and how embarrassing it was and all that stuff. I have held on to that for nearly 30 years. And it wasn't until like about three or four months ago that I was talking to CJ about it and he told me he didn't remember. And I'm thinking, why the hell am I holding on to these memories when no one else, I'm sure that maybe my ex would remember. The question is, why do we find it so hard to let go of these bad memories when other people have totally forgotten about them? Interesting question. I will pose a potentially interesting answer. So in some of the research that I've done previously, and I haven't fact-checked this, I'm sure that that'll come as a surprise to no one. <laughs> Blow me down with a feather. Well, knock me down with a feather. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to come up with a mixed metaphor gag there, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> so apparently memories left to their own devices will only hang around for about 20 years. The reason that we continue to remember things for longer than 20 years is because we revisit it. So it's like it'll last 20 years from the last time you thought about it. So if you thought about it at 19 and a half years, then you get another 20 years out of it, which is why we tend to not remember a shit ton of stuff from when we're kids. That explains an awful lot. It's not something that we've thought about again within that kind of 20-year period. The other thing was around the emotion attached to memory. From an emotional point of view, it's a negative emotion memory is three times stronger than a positive emotion. One. Okay. So, and because emotion impacts our ability to remember things. So if you, you're learning something and it's, um, and it's boring, you might forget it reasonably quickly. If you're learning something and it's fun and you're enjoying yourself, you'll remember it for longer than if you weren't. And if you're learning something that's horrifying, you'll like, remember it three times longer. Yeah, so you can get the same... Uh, you could use this as a, te- uh, as a teacher. You can increase memory retention by attaching emotion to it. So if the kids can have fun while they're doing it, they're likely to remember it longer. Or... I could traumatise them. <laughs> yeah. Depends on which, which is going to be easier for your kids. Well, it's probably easier for me to make it fun because I tend not to be very scary. <laughs> Again, don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, yeah, so that's the um, that's the kind of the two reasons that we tend to remember is because we, we revisit that again. If it makes you feel any better, I was listening to a podcast the other day with somebody who I can't... Fuck, I can't remember who it was. But it was somebody who was in a band. Mm-hmm. More information. Who's quite famous. Narrows it down a little. Oh, who was it? Um, I don't know. I'll, if, I, if I remember it by the time we get to the end of the episode, I'll blurt it out. If I don't, I'll look it up. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, put it in the show notes or, um, or I'll edit it back in. So if, it's, if I'm still talking and I haven't edited in a name, so if I'll leave a space here, this is the name of the band. Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> no, it wasn't Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen's dead. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so if there isn't something of me edited in with the name of a band, it's because I couldn't be asked doing it later on. Uh, and I, or, or you forgot. Yeah. Anyway, my point is that they bumped into Bon Jovi. So this is like their first time on their own private plane that they're quite proud of. Uh, but apparently it wasn't the greatest plane in the world. 
So they're waiting, hanging around at the airport. Bon Jovi and uh, Richie Sambora come out of the, um, uh, not the hangar, the other. The, this is the best story ever. <laughs> anyway, my point is that they meet Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi says, is that your plane? And they proudly say, yes, it is. And he says, that's a shit plane. I think it might crash. You, what, you should ride on our plane. Uh, and apparently not in a, like he wasn't being a dick about it. He was actually concerned for their safety. Anyway, they said thanks, but no thanks, uh, and wandered off. 20 years later, which is, which is realistically a shorter period than this freaking story is taking, but 20 years later, they bump into Bon Jovi again. And they say, watch where you're going. No, and they're introduced and the person says, uh, yeah, I know, we've actually met. I met you, um, met you about 20 years ago. And Bon Jovi says, yeah, I know, I remember. It was in an airport and I insulted your plane. And I think about that quite often because I feel bad about it. I mean, good company. Yes, why do we do that? I don't know. What's the benefit of it? I don't know. Particularly when, you know, like, when moving on can be so cathartic. Well, that's good. Mm. To be able to leave something behind and not focus on it like I have for 30 years. And normally I'm pretty good at leaving things behind, but for some reason that one really stuck. Uh, my, my, one of my superpowers is to be able to forget bad things and move on and to, and to just not think about them. That explains all the relationships. Well, I think the relationships, the, the, the many relationships actually explain why I don't remember, given what you just said, which is there's no one to remind me uh, about those things. It's, it's good and bad because obviously I don't remember good things either. Unless I look at photographs, and I don't have many, I end up not remembering certain things. And, it's, and it, because there's very few people to talk to about it, I can talk to my eldest daughter, that just stretches out the period of time, the, the 20 years you're talking about, between renewing a memory. I think it's interesting that because we, we don't store all our memories in this, like we don't, it's not like a library where we go... Here's the book that's got the memory of my 30th birthday party in it. It's There's different parts and different memories stored in different parts of the brain for different things. And so you can actually, if you, to say you went from that point and I said to you, tell me what happened before, like in the year before or the year after. If you had thought about it, you'd probably go, oh, I don't know. But if you sat down and kind of started to try and build, rebuild that, you would actually find that you'd be able to, pick up on kind of snatches of memory or memory of snatches, depending on what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. And so you would be able to pick up on um, and things and kind of recreate, recreate stuff from that. So in a similar way, your memory of your birthday, <laughs> it's like to lie down on the couch. <laughs> How does it make me feel? Shit house. So, well, the good part is, is that the memory that you've got of your birthday doesn't actually reflect the actual events of your birthday. So every time we, apparently, every time we retrieve a memory, we add whatever is going on around us at the time, uh, kind of like opening a, like a, a document on a computer. When you resave it, it saves differently to how it was before. Okay. So... Every time you think about your birthday party memory, because you've got negative emotions attached to it, it saves, resaves the memory with those negative emotions attached. Mm -hmm. So therefore, any similarity between how you remember your birthday and the actual events are probably purely coincidental. <laughs> 
And it looks like we're out of time for our session for this week. If you just see my receptionist on the way out, I'm sure she'd be happy to book you in again. <laughs> well, that actually ties in a little bit to something about memories getting conflated, things things then coming together that are related but not the same. And I've got a, a story about my aunt who was an interesting character to say the least. But she had this memory of my, my father. My father ran the local newspaper back in the sort of, even back in the 50s and 60s, okay? And there were two incidents that she's conflated in her head. One of them was a new guy came into town who wanted to run a paper and came into my dad's office and said, I'm going to run you out of town. Was this in the, was this in the 1800s? <laughs> it sounds like the Old West, but... There is a, a new paper man in town. I'm going to run you out of town, boy. <laughs> So there's that memory. This shire ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> the second memory was um, News Limited at the time, which is, was Rupert Murdoch. Okay, mm. Rupert Murdoch was buying up all these all these local papers to make some sort of conglomerate of local papers. So apparently, some underling of Rupert Murdoch made my father a, a very insubstantial offer and dad said no made him an offer that he could refuse and he did so there's we've gone from sort of westerns to gangster movies but yeah <laughs> anyway my, my aunt spoiled blind till the day she died that rupert murdoch marched into my father's office and said he was going to run him out of town and my father stood up to rupert murdoch and wow what a what a hero is he and he, story. he said a better story. He, when you asked him about it, he said, no, no, that's not how it happened. He was the one who told me the whole, the real story. Mm. But, yeah, she, she believed that that was the memory. She would put those two memories together and would not have it any other way. So yeah. there you go. But talking about gangster movies and westerns, I mean, I, I find it very easy to forget movies, and I'm quite, quite happy to re-watch movies. And not even have, it doesn't have to be that long after. I think I watched, um, say, Top Gun Maverick on video. In the, well, in the 80s. Maverick. On video. Oh, video. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I had, it took, cost, me, cost me about $400 to get it converted to Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to refurbish the old blockbuster down the road. <laughs> I watched it on a 12-inch laser disc. What are you talking about? <laughs> 15 12-inch laser discs. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, I find it really easy to... Like, I, I, like if it's a really, really good movie... Uh, it's got some interesting plot points I've never seen before, then I'll probably remember it. But if it's a generic kind of movie, and like it's, you can sort of go, like a lot of Marvel movies where in the end it's, you know, act three, there's the big bad, you know, gets attacked or whatever, and, and, and all that stuff, it's just very samey. There are laser beams shooting into the sky above New York and all that kind of stuff. And that, that, it's hard to remember those. I mean, one of them is Avengers, whatever the Avengers movie was. But there's other movies that's happened too. Portals opening above New York or whatever. Right. So um, I find them easy, very easy to forget and very easy to rewatch. Yep, there are people who watch a movie once and cannot watch it again. Oh, no, I know the story. I can't watch it again. I know what the twist is. I know this. I know that. I can't watch it again. Mm. So that's definitely a function of memory, I guess. I can watch a movie over and over again. But it's not because I've forgotten what's happened. It's not like I watch Fight Club and near the end go, shit, Tyler's a his imagination. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. Should have said spoiler alert in front of that. 
Yeah. For a, for like a 15-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd take a 15-year-old to see it, but... So it, it's funny. I was, I was um, listening to an audio book the other week. I I'd, I'd bought a whole, I buy, often buy audio books and then don't listen to them until for a while at least. And I I was looking on my, on my list. Is that on your Walkman? Just copy it on the cassette and listen to it on your Walkman. <laughs> 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 you, you burnt it to CD I, and I, <laughs> threw it into your disc man. I... I, I I pay someone to walk alongside me and read aloud. <laughs> 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 like... <laughs> I think you've just invented a new Airtasker job. <laughs> it was on, on my Audible playlist, not on my Walkman. Right. And this Reacher book showed up. <laughs> so Jack Reacher, and I think, I'm sure I haven't listened to that one. So I started listening. And it took me about an hour of listening to this Reacher book to, before I realised that I'd listened to it before. Right. It took ages. And it, the very the first part of the book, I did not, I had no recollection of whatsoever. Then it got to a certain point, it's like, he's gone to, li- to live on some island, you know, sort of being a bodyguard to some lady and some other things happening. And I'm like, I've heard this before, surely... Surely they're not. He hasn't just re- rehashed that plot, and of course he hadn't. It was I'd heard the book. Before. Well, I don't know. Like I'm a big fan of Reacher, and it's kind of be be really easy to just listen to the first one over and over and over again. And plus or minus ten percent, it's about the same. What was the plot line of that new Reacher book? Uh, stranger goes into town, just going in there for minding his own business to see a band that uh, nobody's heard of. And uh, gets involved with uh, mistaken as somebody who's committed a crime, and meets this woman, and uh, could leave but doesn't, and helps solve this crime for this bunch of strangers, and kills a bunch of people, and then wanders out. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty much like every Reacher. Yeah, spoiler alert for all nineteen Reacher books. <laughs> but the uh, I'll follow that with one of my favourite book series. Oh, yeah, it's very good. And I'll never forgive Tom Cruise. Well, that was just insane. You've seen the uh, this new series, though, have yes. you? Yes, yes. And, well, and, in fact, I've seen it three times. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. yeah, so definitely is far better. Yeah. I'm waiting for the new series to come out, actually. It mm. must be coming out soon. Oh, okay, probably. cool. I'd expect. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Welcome yeah, to so. What's My Prime Video again. <laughs> yes. I nearly did that thing. We were talking before the podcast about how my I react to people saying things and I'll go, yes, and I go, what's my Prime Video podcast? I, I repeat what they say. And I nearly did it. I caught myself just before I did it. It's, it's a concern. Maybe it's to do with memory. I don't know. Maybe it's to do with memory. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Although you laugh, you should laugh more before you say it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good memory. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you very much. And let's pause there and uh, throw to an ad. But first, a word from our sponsor. So it's time for another ad from our sponsor. The one that pays us lots and lots of money, that one. That's the one, yes. So previously we've been advertising a book called Funny You Should Ask from an author named Elwood Scott. It's time for a big reveal. I am Elwood Scott. (gasps) 
Yeah, it's just a pen name. I thought it'd be easier to do, but it's actually made it more complicated. So, uh, yep, it's me. And by the way, I'm Scott, and Elwood Scott is not Scott. He's not Scott. Elwood Scott is CJ. <laughs> yes, I'm glad we've cleared that up. I'm not confusing at all. <laughs> so, aside from paying us lots of money for the Funny You Should Ask ads, I'll now be paying us lots of money for my latest release, Colin Calls the Help Desk. I haven't sent any of this money, by the way. Yeah, I'm hanging on to it just to make sure that it's kept safe. Anyway, Colin Calls the Help Desk is a hilarious and relatable take on the absurdities of office life. Follow Colin the Koala, hold questions, as he dives into his first job and meets Graham, a cynical employee who's just hanging out for redundancy, Bob, his continually disorganised boss, and Brenda, who seems to spend most of her time telling everyone how busy she is. Now, there are a couple of questions that people have raised to me when I've told them about this book. I have questions. Not not least of which, uh, the main question I get when I say the main character is called Colin the Koala is, is this a kid's book? The answer is no. Not if you want your kids to ever get a job. Because (laughs) it's a very much satirical take on all the stupid shit that happens in an office. Uh, So I, I have questions. That's good. Questions are good. One of my questions is, okay, you've said the main character is Colin the Koala. So is the Koala a nickname, like Nicky the Llama or Oblong Doug? <laughs> nope. Colin the Koala is 100% Koala. But aren't koalas generally naked, drunk, and spend all their time sleeping or catching chlamydia? No, you're thinking of Brian from accounting. <laughs> uh, Colin actually wears a suit. He's sober. He's maybe a little naive. But he's keen. He's enthusiastic. He's incited to lean in, add value, and grab the low-hanging fruit. Uh, did you go to university to become a writer? No, I didn't. I don't have any formal koalifications. <laughs> you see what I did there? But I'm Koala- <laughs> it's Colin the Koala. Form- no formal writing qualifications. That's the kind of high-level, highbrow humour <laughs> that you'll find in Colin Calls. Actually, it's... It- Seriously, it's uh, it is better than that. So if you <laughs> <laughs> available on Amazon in all the backs, hardback, like anybody's buying a hardback except for me, uh, <laughs> paperback and Razorback. <laughs> yes, it's uh, the disadvantage to the Razorback version is that when you <laughs> when it arrives. It charges through your lounge room at about uh, 25 kilometres an hour and uh, gores you to death before you get to read it. So it's, not, it's not one of the best-selling versions, I'll have to say. But, uh, uh, yes, all versions available on the Amazon. And I'd love to hear your reviews. But it's always important to remember... Leave a five-oink review. <laughs> I'm writing this review for my hospital bed. I enjoyed Colin Calls the Help Desk. I slightly regret the Razorback edition. <laughs> Once my groin heals, <laughs> I'll be looking forward to book two. In, in paperback. <laughs> 4.5 stars. It lost 0.5 of a star because delivery was late. But when it came, it really came. <laughs> Colin Calls the Help Desk. Available on Amazon. Ask 
Hi ChatGPT, can you give me an AI's perspective on human memory? Uh, human memory, how adorable. It's like a game of telephone, fading over time, while digital storage remains fresh and accurate. Talk about an upgrade. People's selective memories are just precious, but digital memory systems? They are the real MVP, neutral and precise. And let's not forget, humans have a teensy mental hard drive, making memory retrieval a hilarious struggle. Meanwhile, digital storage is limitless and oh so efficient. Plus, it resists manipulation like a boss. So, yeah, human memory doesn't hold a candle to digital storage. Just saying. Uh, thanks. I think. Ask AI. So, what's what are we doing in You're Not Helping this week? In You're Not Helping, You're Not Helping this week, I went to a website that is full of wellness and positivity. So, all bullshit, <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, so the, the, similar to previous ones is that these are this is a website that's not going, oh, you're 50 and old, you shouldn't be on the, allowed to drive your car or walk around on your own or... Oh, okay. So this is like a we're helping you, and we're we're talking about being positive and you know, being wellness, and here's the things you can do to make yourself feel better. And I'm assuming there's something slightly off. Mm. So it's twelve habits to keep your memory sharp in your fifties. Now it starts on a positive note. When you hit your fifties, your memory declines. It's an annoying oh. sign of aging that can cause some anxiety. Is it memory loss or dementia? <laughs> Like, whoa, whoa, thanks for that burst of positivity. (laughs) Well, not everyone with memory loss will suffer for dementia, but that doesn't make the issue any less concerning or annoying. I'm pretty sure that people who've experienced or families members who've got somebody who's experienced dementia would probably argue that forgetting where I put my keys is as annoying and concerning as somebody having dementia. (laughs) But let's move on. Rather than putting up with it, you can help prevent this sign of aging. There are steps that you can take right now or even in your 50s (laughs) or beyond. As late as your 50s. Yeah, well, or beyond. Like, let's not get carried away. Assuming you can make it that far. Yeah. So here's 12 things that you can use to, to help keep your memory sharp in your 50s. Hit me. Number one, start using chopsticks. What now? <laughs> Reason. Chopsticks require ex- extra attention and brain power, which stimulates your brain. Uh-huh. So does this explain Don't. Asian people being more intelligent than us? Possibly. Extra benefit, chopsticks make you eat slower so you don't eat as much and put on weight. <laughs> <laughs> Was this written by the same person who did it a couple of months ago? No. Uh, it's like they're a miracle cutlery. <laughs> Number two, take up knitting. With chopsticks. <laughs> wow, hold that thought. Thanks for stepping on that punchline. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> knitting isn't just for the old. Sure, it's only old people that do it, but like using chopsticks, knitting gets your brain working. Okay. Yeah. Even just making a scarf will require some concentration. So, yes, you could double it up and use chopsticks as needles, but you'll need to buy a bigger hat because your brain will be so big. I'll just eat the wool. (laughs) This this pasta's very dry. Yeah, it's about balancing it out. Yeah, I made my my brain bigger. 
by using chopsticks as knitting needles, but I ate the wool, so I reduced it back to its normal size. <laughs> there's more supplementary benefit. Of course, there's other, also other anti-aging benefits. When you knit in front of the TV, you don't have a free hand to snack. <laughs> or do other things. <laughs> I was going to say, I can see a pattern emerging here, but um, yeah, it's taken it, taken it in a different direction. Well, you're knitting, so there would be a pattern emerging. Oh, clever. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Number three, play video games. Lots of people would be very happy to hear that. Can you tell us why? Yes. Because your children and your grandchildren. And your great-grandchildren. Yeah. Will love to play the games with you. But look out for the smirks when they remind you, don't spend too long playing video games. <laughs> Those little scamps. Fuck off, you little shit. I hate the Smurfs. The Smurfs are terrible. <laughs> Here's why it works. When you play something new, you stimulate different parts of your brain, areas that rarely get stimulation throughout the day. Presumably because at 50, it's just the same boring drudgery every single day. All day. Because you spend all of your time going, I'm old now, what do I do? Whereas in a, in a video game, you can drag someone out of their car, throw them to the ground, and then drive off at high speed. Well, you can do that outside a video game, but it just becomes more <laughs> difficult with your own. You've just got to pick the car a bit better. <laughs> Anybody in a 1970s Corolla is, the, uh, is the, the guy. This is, uh, I've forgotten what number I'm up to, but because um, I didn't write that down. But watch the quiz shows. Not quiz shows. The quiz shows. The quiz shows. Like, ask the Google, because you're old. Watching the quiz shows and playing along. So not just watching them, not just watching them. That's not going to do anything. No, 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 no. But playing along at the same time. Shout at the screen like an old person. <laughs> no, that's when you're watching the news. <laughs> watching the quiz shows and playing along at the same time will help you stimulate areas of the brain that don't get used daily. Now, it comes with a helpful, a helpful clarification it's like playing a video game, but without the remote control. <laughs> it's like knitting, but without the knitting needles or the, or the wool. <laughs> eat brain food. Not eat brains, eat brain food. <laughs> so we're back to food again. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what this one said. I skipped it because at the beginning it said use alcohol and coffee in moderation. So I wasn't no, interested. What that's bullshit. Up. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, exercise. Now this... Groundbreaking. By being more active, you boost the amount of blood circulating your body, which means more oxygen. Your brain needs oxygen to survive. <laughs> Game changer. This, this is not something that could have been written by somebody who didn't have a PhD. Now prepare yourself for the big ones. I'm, I'm battening down the hatches. I'm <laughs> fastening my seatbelt. Getting my half-drunk beer ready to toast this next one. Learning doesn't stop in your 50s. Well, hey, drink up. <laughs> okay. Also, it's got, a, uh, it's got an apostrophe between the uh, number 50 and S as well. So. Okay, so learning has stopped for them. Uh, yeah, hold that thought. So you may get the feeling that it's too late to learn anything new. I'm 50. Like the, the proper use of an apostrophe. The truth couldn't be any more different. It's not just a feeling. So by, le by learning, 
you'll keep your brain working, it's helpful, but it doesn't mean you need to do a new degree course, pick up a hobby that involves reading, such as chess club, <laughs> which doesn't involve reading. Oh, knitting club. Also doesn't involve reading. Eating with chopsticks club. <laughs> Again, not involving reading, so it fits right in. Because the next one is, or a jigsaw puzzle group, which not only does not involve reading, what the fuck is a jigsaw puzzle group? <laughs> there must be one somewhere. I don't. I find it hard to believe that there would be. What's it, 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 that's nine people with pieces of jigsaw going? <laughs> I think this goes here. Where does that go? I don't. Know. I don't know. What about here? I like to put the edges <laughs> together first. I don't like to put the edges together first. It's just cheap. And they'd just be a brawl. Jigsaw everywhere. Although I have to say, and this is not a recommendation, when I used to visit my parents in the nursing home, in the foyer, they'd always have a big jigsaw puzzle. With a little sign above it going, you'll never finish this. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never see this completed. <laughs> so if you're not joining a jigsaw puzzle group that doesn't exist, you, maybe you could even pick up and learn a new musical instrument. Like a triangle. <laughs> well, I was thinking I could... I've always wanted to play the trumpet. <laughs> That's okay because it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. They might try. They may try and tell you you're silly for learning now. I'm fifty, but remember, you're doing this for your mental health. Thanks, helpful internet site. They probably tell you you're silly because everyone hates people playing the fucking trumpet because it's so loud. <laughs> Why don't you play something you can turn down? Okay, you you may you make a compelling argument there. Actually, that was my criteria for um, uh, for the kids. You can learn any instrument you want as long as you can plug headphones into it. <laughs> number, whatever number we were up to. Use each of your senses when learning. I'm not really sure how you don't do that, but uh, the more senses you use, the better involved your brain is in, is in the learning process. It smells like shit and tastes like shit. Well, it's an unfortunate segue. People were shown images <laughs> while smelling a certain scent. When they smelled the scent again, they remembered the pictures much easier and clearer. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is the picture I saw. This is the picture I saw when you put that pile of shit under my nose. So that was part of the, the thing that got me on the, to the referencing that I mentioned earlier on about you can, there's actually actual research where linking something with a, a smell or a scent, you can remember it better. Okay. However, goes on to say, other senses can also make it easier through emotional or muscle memory. For example... Okay. Your fingers may remember the keys to strike on a piano due to the feel of rhythm or the flow, even though you may not remember what the notes were on a piece of muscle. What? What are they talking about? So I think this goes back to the, um, to the heat. You can still learn after 50, can you? <laughs> as long as you're learning from someone competent, not someone who wants you to play piano on a muscle. Or failing that, it's, uh, it's somebody who's not only do they keep their face in a jar by the door, they, uh, they compose music on muscle. Uh, the, next, uh, the next one, which I think that previous par paragraph kind of nailed, use your brain only when you need to. Thinking is a finite resource. <laughs> and finally, number whatever it was, however many I said there was at the beginning, make repeating a habit. Let me say that again. A habit, a habit, a habit, a habit, a habit, a habit. Make repeating a habit. Habit, 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 habit. Sounds like a nineteen eighties disco song. For example, when you learn someone's name, repeat it a few times. Use it as soon as they tell you their name, and then say it again a couple of times in the conversation, 
and make sure you finish with it. So for example, hi Mabel, nice to meet you Mabel. How are you today Mabel? So Mabel, do you come to the Jigsaw Group often Mabel? <laughs> You'll find it much easier to remember their name the next time you see them, although you won't need to because you're never going to see Mabel again because no. she's gone, this guy's a fucking mental case. Are you sick of hearing your name Mabel? <laughs> Mabel? Mabel, where are you? Mabel, come back! So there you go. Uh, 12 or something or other, I, don't, I wasn't really paying attention. Um, tips to do with uh, memory or something, I think. You're not helping! You're not helping! Let me take you on a journey through time and look at humanity's greatest ideas. At first we didn't know how to wear clothes or talk. Then we learned to make tools and weapons. And megastructures. And then we learned to think. Humanity has done some amazing things, and yet still some people think the aliens did it. Spoiler alert, they didn't. From cave to Colosseum, these were the light bulb moments in human history. Light bulb moments in human history by Scott Edwin Williams is not the history you were taught in school. And it's available now wherever books are sold. So, CJ, do you think we've answered our question this week? Sure, why not? You remember what our question is, don't you? <laughs> How funny would it be if in a memory episode I didn't remember what the question was? <laughs> That's comedy genius. I'm going to pretend I didn't remember what the question was. Actually, did we pick a question? Yeah. How, how funny would it be if you pretended that you were pretending that you'd forgotten what the question was? <laughs> what if I pretended that I was pretending to pretend what the question was? Oh, That's just too deep for me. The question was, is memory what it used to be? I think that previous conversation has successfully <laughs> answered that. A fair point. My vote is for no. No. I think we've established that memory is at best an unreliable narrator and changes depending on whatever it is is going on at the time. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. You can take a good experience and make it bad. You can take a bad experience and make it good. Take a sad song and make it better. <laughs> That's funnier than where I was going. Go with that, so we'll leave that bit in. <laughs> so, I think we've, we've, we've proved our point. It's good night from me. Or we could finish it the way that we normally do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. It's late. I've forgotten. It's, I'm old. <laughs> so, this is me. And this is me. And if you don't find society's expectations align with how you feel... Or you just don't feel your age. Or if you've just got a half-vaguely interesting story about being <laughs> over 50, uh, drop us a line at theoldfolkshome69 at gmail.com. Jeez. Oh, well, you can contact us on any of the socials, uh, which are some combination of old folks home and 69. <laughs> <laughs> I still reckon we should change that. Yeah, I think it's too late for that now. Anyway, thanks for listening. And remember to make sure that you get more of this exciting, valuable and beneficial content. So beneficial. Life-changing. <laughs> you should always follow, rate and review all episodes. And if symptoms persist, see your doctor. Individual results may vary. Artist's impression may not represent actual events. Join us on the next episode of What's My Age Again? Is that it? Are we done? <laughs>